Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio. Today's show is an opportunity to meet four of the women who are artists participating in an amazing show at Western Ave Studios in Lowell, Massachusetts. The show is called Roe versus Wade Overturned Artists Respond. More than 30 artists have shared their reactions across different media as they respond to the reversal of Roe versus Wade. There's galleries on five floors of Western Ave Studios, and today we'll have a chance to talk to four of the women who have submitted work for the show. If you'd like to take a look at the images, you can look at our Red Cloaks radio page at bostonredcloaks.com or find Boston Red Cloaks on Instagram or on Facebook, and you can follow along as we're listening to these wonderful guests. Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio. It's October 7th, 2022. We've got a fantastic show today. Joining me as co-host is my dear friend, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Jesse. How are you doing? Excellent. You're wearing two cloaks today. <laughs> I am a red cloak and my artist cloak, kind of a new one at Western Avenue Studios in Lowell. And we're really fortunate today because we have three people who are um, in a show that is currently um, at Western Avenue Studios and it's artists' reactions to the recent um, dropping of the Roe Act um, federally. And um, I want to say hello to our guests. Michelle, it, Michelle Bowl is here. Hi. Hi, Michelle. And Becky Gibbs. Hi, thanks for having me. Here yes, today. Michelle and Becky are uh, curators of the show, so we'll have the chance to hear about what how the planning went. And uh, another guest, Anne Plaisance, an artist at Western Avenue Studios. Hello, uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's amazing to see the women behind the work, having had a chance to see the show. When you leave the show, it's just incredibly satisfying. You've touched so many emotions and responses that I know our listeners and certainly I feel um, over this past couple of months as we process the Supreme Court's erasure of our human rights and our constitutional rights. Cannot wait to have this conversation. For listeners, this is going to be a two-parter, just so you know now. And we thought we would start out talking a little bit about the origins of the show. I know Margaret let me know about it and Margaret had some questions too. Yes, I know about the show because I'm in it, but I wasn't involved in the planning and I'd love to hear from Michelle and Becky, uh, the curators of the show, how, how did it happen? You know, how did the whole show come together? Well, it really started as a reaction to the reversal of Roe versus Wade by the Supreme Court. So we were sitting around at lunch and everybody was just so upset. And, you know, what are we gonna do? And, you know, could we do anything? And, you know, we were feeling a little powerless. And then um, one of the artists at the table, Deb Arsenal suggested, why don't we create an art exhibit? And originally it was just gonna be a few artists on the floor that we share, the fourth floor at Western Avenue Studios. And it kind of just snowballed from there a lot of artists from other floors wanted to participate. So um, I sent out a general announcement asking who would want to participate. And I was very surprised by how much of a response we, we got. Originally, um, there were like 31 artists from all different floors in the building. And we are a big building. 
In our particular building, there are about 250 artists. In, in, the, in the lofts area, which is part of our um, studio complex, there's another 40, I believe. So literally people from all over the building decided to participate. And Becky, in terms of putting people together, once you started seeing different people express interest, how did you cultivate each artist and figure out how they were going to get their work to you? Did you try to limit the way they participated? Um, because you've got quite a mix. There's sculpture, there's painting, there's printmaking, there's photography. How did you do that? Or did that just spontaneously come together? Well, Michelle and I set uh, some parameters for the show. Um, we were really fortunate to be offered multiple galleries in the building. We have five different mini galleries and often co-curated shows are just one of those galleries. So um, when Michelle brought me on board as a co-curator, we discussed that and we decided to make it an open call for anyone who wanted to create work. So um, even though the show is curated, it was not juried as far as anyone being excluded from expressing what they wanted to express. Um, so some artists did offer us options, like here's a few pieces I can uh, provide and you can choose which one you want, but mostly um, the subject matter was clear and artists were open to create whatever they wanted. Um, so then we just set up some um, guidelines for when the art would be due to be turned in. And then the curating of the show is something that Michelle and I did separately as far as what work speaks to another piece, what, what piece is gonna work uh, uh, aesthetically with another piece as far as hanging a show. So um, that those were the logistics of putting it together. And we were so thrilled that the work did speak to each other, that it did relate artistically and thematically. So um, we're, we're quite pleased with how it turned out. So I'm curious, and how did you hear about the call? Did you read about it, hear about it from someone? And what made you decide that you wanted to be part of the show? So uh, it happens that uh, I'm the neighbor of uh, Michelle and Becky. <laughs> so, and we're chatting uh, quite regularly uh, when we see each other. So as soon as they told me about the show, I was like, oh, hell yes, I want to be in the show. <laughs> Uh, I've been working uh, on subjects regarding uh, women empowerment for the last uh, 10 or 12 years. So I was like, yes, uh, uh, I, definitely, I definitely want to be in the show. And uh, which piece do you have? I have plenty of them. <laughs> so that was, the, that, that, that was my reaction. And Margaret, how about for you? Because I only got to hear about it when you said, hey, the opening's coming up. Yeah, right. I heard about it on um, the communication system that we have, uh, Slack, at Western Avenue Studios. And you know me, that this is my interest politically, is um, women's rights, especially abortion rights. So I was thrilled that you were putting on the show. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm kind of new at Western Avenue Studios, so it was an opportunity, you know, to take part in the show. But um, I, I was just very happy that this was happening. I just felt like these are my people. <laughs> I'm in the right place. 
it's really great for listeners. You know, I'm looking at a screen with four artists on it who have all found this really cool way to collaborate and bring out emotions. So we're going to take some time and think and talk about each of the pieces that you brought to the show, because I imagine, especially as, you know, it sounds like neighbors and co-curators um, and people who are constantly thinking about expressing ideas visually, um, that you must have put quite a bit of thought into what you selected to be in the show. So I'd love to just, you know, I'm going to circle back and, and ask Michelle. Michelle, I'm going to put up a picture of the work. Um, and for listeners, you'll be able to find this um, on Facebook or Instagram or our website. And I just want to go ahead and put it up. So we're all looking at it at the same time. But Michelle, tell us, how did, you know, did you create this work for the show? Is it something that you were already working on? Um, the title <laughs> grabs you right away. It's called Poor Tense. Um, I created this for the show, but I really, I thought about it for a long time. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Initially, I thought I might do a sculptural piece. Um, this is a little bit different than what I normally do. This is much more surreal than my general work, which tends to be more realistic. Um, but I was thinking about what does this really mean to me? How do I really feel about it? So it just seemed that we were going into unknown territory. So the door opens and there's you know a woman walking in, but it doesn't seem to be an exit. And beyond it is this stormy sky. Is this what the future holds? Um, also beyond it is like, it seems like the edge of the world like walking off a cliff into chaos and storm. Um, in the front of it is one of those, you know, the kids call it cootie catches or fortune tellers. I know I used to play with that as a child, but I numbered, you know, though it looks like there are choices on the outside. Um, first you pick a color and then you pick a number. Only the numbers here are all the same because there is no longer a choice. Um, the house represents what could be sanctuary but is it still safe anymore? You know, and I kept thinking about, you know, years ago when I was younger, when abortion was illegal and people were going into very strange places in order to deal with their abortion care. So the house is many things to me. Is it safe? Is it not safe? And then the map underneath it all started with a map of the states of the United States where abortion was already illegal. So it's all you know, mounted on that map, which sadly has become even worse. Well, the power in your painting of bringing so much dimension, because I think for us as viewers, and I'm seeing everyone's head nodding is looking at it here too. For us as viewers, you've got these planes and it, it does somehow seem to evoke the passage of time because you, you're going from one plane into another, the way the foreground looks like maybe we're standing on a wood floor with these items on it but then the scale shifts between the door and then the house, which is small. It's, it's really amazing how you've done this. It's, so has painting been your area of expression? And if so, for how long? Because you said you were thinking about a sculpture as well. I'm not a sculptor. So okay. painting has always been my media, but years ago, I actually taught sculpture, which I really enjoyed doing. So I was thinking about, you know, it seemed to me that it could become a three-dimensional piece but it didn't really gel in my mind yet. This became more solid for me the more I thought about it. But I'd say I thought about it for two or three weeks before I actually started the painting. 
I can totally imagine that. I can imagine you're creating this again in a three-dimensional space. The painting does bring us there though. It really does. This but actually is like real objects. I actually made the um, fortune teller and uh, the little figure is, believe it or not, a Star Wars figure that I, <laughs> that I placed on the, on the doorway. And the doorway I have, um, if you pause me, I could bring it in. That's amazing. And we would love to. Yeah, it's okay. great. Hold on. <laughs> I think that idea about Star Wars and this whole thing of being like light years behind. I love this piece. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, look at this. My door. <laughs> That's great. This is actually a piece that was uh, made for a play that I was a scenic artist for called Communicating Doors. So we had a little model and it was on a base. And so I kept looking at this. <laughs> But yep. I know that's a reference. So this is my little Star Wars figure. Oh, that's great. Oh, I, mean, I turned her around. You know, <laughs> she's she's has some weapons, which I wanted to get out of the picture. But anyway, <laughs> so there she is. Yeah. So posed her on my table and photoshopped the sky in and you know altered the sky some. But really it started by playing and then I have probably 30, 40 pictures to like finally figured out how this was all going to go together. It's fantastic. That's great. So thinking about this dimension in space, love to think in a little bit about your work. For people who are going, um, if you go into the studio, this exhibit is on different spaces. When you come to Anne's work, you are looking at a large scale painting that immediately transports you. The size and the scale put you into this place that Anne has created. Um, and there's a figure and Anne, I'd love it if you describe it in your own words because it is extremely powerful. Um, and we can share our own interpretation of it, but there's nothing like hearing from you what we're looking at when we see this woman. Okay, so maybe I, I will uh, share a little bit of uh, backstory for this painting. Um, I moved to the United States uh, seven years ago, and uh, the first book I read was uh, The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And it really deeply impacted me. I think I should go back to the book, actually, because like my English improved uh, since uh, 2015. But I was like, my God, that's just so scary to see that uh, women's rights can be just taken away like that. Uh, so I, I thought a lot about that, that, that book. Uh, it was a revelation. And uh, later on, I think it was in uh, 2016, I began, um, I began to paint this this huge painting, it's 70 by 105, uh, thinking about what was going on in the world, especially what was going on in the United States. I was deeply shaken by you know, the, the elections, the presidential elections, uh, by what was being said. And there, there was this deep anguish uh, in me. So, I decided when I decided to, to, to paint uh, this piece called Life or Theater, uh, I was really like, is it really happening? What is going on? So you see this uh, beautiful woman uh, 
in red and really the 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 red i didn't watch the the netflix series yet uh but just reading the the book i was really thinking about this um uh, the handmaid's tale when i when i began to to paint it so here you 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 see a woman who is like you don't really know what is going on because you think that she's going out of the wood but actually if you look closer to the painting uh first you don't see her eyes uh, she she's blinded uh, so she might be blinded for many reasons like you know I, I love the openness of art that allows you to to understand and to interpret with your own experience it's really a conversation between two souls so it's a mirror so some might say that you know um, it's uh, it's blindness to the world around you it's blindness to your own sufferings it's blindness to your experience it might be like many many things so you have this, the feeling that she's in front of a, of a forest uh, but actually when you look closer maybe it's a forest maybe it's a scenography maybe she's out of the woods or maybe she's on a scene on a stage so I would say this painting was in itself a mystery for me. Uh, I think I put a lot of things that were in unconscious, unconscious at that time, uh, coming from my own uh, experience and, and my life uh, and my life as a as a woman. Um, so that was really the the general idea behind it. It's incredibly powerful and clearly within the Red Cloaks, we've really explored this imagery of, of The Handmaid's Tale and thinking about the anonymity and the power of the red and the cloaking and the fabric and that textile that women are wrapped in. Your contrast here, there's this um, elegance, there's a refinement about her, there is something incredibly grand about her. This woman looks very important when I hope people will get up to Western Ave and see all of the work we're talking about, the scale of this figure um, and the way she is captured, it just underscores women being very, very important, extremely powerful. Um, and what, what about the doll on the floor? That, <laughs> I, I puzzled on that when I saw the painting. So when I was, painting this, I was really thinking of a woman who is like, like advancing, moving forward, uh, leaving uh, difficult stories behind. And, uh, and the doll is like leaving also um, difficult memories from childhood behind, like, you know, like, okay, it's done, it's on the floor. Uh, I do a lot of um, of work uh, that is dealing with uh, difficult and taboo subjects. Uh, I think it's necessary to 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 talk about them. Like I, I'm I'm doing a series called Bedrooms uh, regarding uh, child sexual abuse because if you don't if you don't deal with it, you can't heal it. 
So for me, it's really important to, to provoke a conversation, uh, whether it's, you know, domestic violence, whether it's, you know, uh, women's rights uh, denied, whether it's uh, sexual abuse, whether it's like anything that is difficult. Uh, I think uh, instead of, you know, putting it under the rug, my, my role as an artist is really to say, hello, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, deal with it. Uh, so that was this symbol, this little doll of like, you know, Mm -hmm. done with the shit from my childhood uh sorry i said a bad word <laughs> hey you can say anything you want on red cloaks radio it's totally okay <laughs> sorry may we all be done with the shit from our childhood that would be a good thing for people <laughs> so i think it's important to you know deal with what you have to deal uh, at at your own pace uh, and I'm very vocal about it. So uh, in my artworks, I'm, you know, like um, it's art is often a, a good support for conversation and for, you know, the meeting of souls and healing and uh, connection. So that's what I'm trying to do. And very often, like when I ask, you know, uh, people who come to see uh, to see my art, I'm asking them, what do you see? Because I know what I, what was my intention, but you have so many things that are like, you are blind to them and you don't see them. So, it, you know, it allows to have a conversation, you know, like people will say, yeah, I had an abortion or it reminds me of that. And just like sharing this just allows us to be closer to each other and to see that, you, you know, we are all one human race and, uh, independently of you know origin culture color gender whatever we are one human race so i love this connection around seeing and it's perfect because becky i'm thinking about the title of your work and seeing red and we're going to come back to you next but we are going to take a break and we're going to have this as two parts because listeners we have a lot to unfold in the works that lie ahead um so everyone hang on to your seat belts and uh and we will be picking up in part two just click your link for the second link the show is at western ave studios tell us when it's up through it's up through november 7th and the building is open 12 to 5 every day fantastic and you do not want to miss the show and you do not want to miss part two all right, we'll be right back with you in part two. All right, see you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Red Cloaks Radio, a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Find us at bostonredcloaks.com, 